With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Kedushin Dafayin Zayin, page 77, we begin at the Mishnah. Bas Cholol Zachar, Psulamina The daughter of a male Cholol, a Cholol again is a man who his parents, his father was a Kohen who married someone who was inappropriate for him, and therefore made him into a Cholol, a person who has lost the holiness of the Kahuna. So the daughter of such a person, a male Cholol, so she's not allowed to marry a Kohen. Olam for all generations, meaning, if let's say there's a Chalol who has a Chalol, who has a Chalol, who has a Chalol, ten generations down, they have a daughter, that daughter is not allowed to marry a Kohen. Yisrael Shenosa Chalala, let's say you have a regular Jewish man who marries a woman who had become a Chalala, a uh, female version of this person, Bitek Sheher Kahuna. So the daughter of that person is allowed to marry a Kohen. Chalala Shenosa Bas Yisrael, and we repeat the first Halacha again, because we're, we're going to see in the Gemara why we do that, but uh, we're just saying the flip version of the second case. Yisrael. If you have a male Chalol who marries a regular Jewish woman, the daughter is not allowed to marry Kohen. Yehuda says, The daughter of a male convert is the same going to be the same as the daughter of a male Chalol, meaning they're not going to be allowed to marry a Kohen. Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov, Omer Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov says, Yisrael Shnasa Gieris, regular Jew that marries a convert, Bitek Sheir Lekahuna, so his daughter is going to be uh, kosher to marry a Kohen. Vegir Shnasa Bas Yisrael, and if a convert marries a regular Jewish woman, so the daughter, Bitek Sheir Lekahuna, so the daughter is also allowed to marry a Kohen. Vegir Shnasa Gieris, or if you have a Gier, a convert that marries a uh, woman who's a convert, Bitek Sheir Lekahuna, so their child is going to be forbidden from marrying a Kohen. Echad ger ve'echad avadim eshukharim. Whether we're talking about a convert or a freed slave, afidu adasar. There is even to ten generations, ashtei imam Yisrael, until the mother is going to be a regular Jewish woman. You're not going to be able to marry a into the kahuna into kohanim. Rabbi Yisi says, af Even a convert who marries a woman who's a convert, so their child is already allowed to marry a kohen, even though the ger, a convert themselves, cannot. But even according to Rabbi Yisi, even the a convert who marries a, a woman who's a convert, the child is allowed to marry a kohen. My la'olam, the Gemara says, what does it mean la'olam for all generations, for all time? Ma'udetema, we would have thought to say, meaning, why does the Mishnah have to say when it says that you have the daughter of a chalol, even if you have a chalol after a chalol after a chalol after a chalol, if the last one is a, is a uh, girl, so it's going to be forbidden from marrying a kohen, why is it necessary to say that in the Mishnah? So the Gemara answers, you might have thought that no, just like if you have a convert who's an Egyptian convert or an Edomi convert, just like there, perhaps you might think, just like there, after the third generation, so they're allowed to marry into a regular Jewish family. So here too, after three generations, so a Chalala is going to be allowed to marry to a Kohen. Kamash Malan. So that's what's going to teach you that no, once you have a Chalal, the child of that Chalal, the son after son after son, ending with a daughter, is still going to be forbidden. Yisrael Shanas Chalala. Let's see if a regular Jew who marries a woman who's a Chalala. We know how do we know this? Instead of the name of Rabbi Shimon, actually the Girsa should be Rabbi Shmuel. Nemar Khan says over here, He shall not cause his children to lose their status of being a Kohen. Later on it says, We see in regards to Kahuna that you're not allowed to become Tame Mace. You're not allowed to become impure from uh, coming in contact with a dead person. Just like we find in regards to Tuma, in regards to impurity, so it's only the males and not the females. So to over here, only the males have a problem if they create children, but not the girls. If the girls create children, so then the children are going to be kosher allowed to marry into Kahuna.
if that's the case, so then once we're saying that it only applies to the men, not to the women, so the daughter of a Kohen Gadol should, allow to be, should be allowed to marry another Kohen, but we know it's not true. So the says, no, binoi, it doesn't say his son, Zaraiksiv. It says their seed. That implies that it's not just the sons, but it's also the daughters in regards to the, the children of a person, the result of some kind of chilu, the result where a, a, a Kohen Gadol marries an Almana, a woman that he's not supposed to marry, so that's going to result in a problem in the children, because it says Zaro, both men and female, both male and female children. So what's it referring to when we say that it's coming to exclude the daughters? It's talking about the daughter of his daughter. That's who's going to be allowed to marry into a Kohen. So then the Gemara says, so the verse says you're not allowed to cause any kind of chilulim, any kind of loss of kahuna, loss of holiness in one's children. So the daughter of his son should be permitted, just like we said that the daughter of his daughter is permitted. So my answer is, it says you shall not uh, cause chilul, you can't uh, create any kind of loss of holiness to one's children. So we're talking about the man, that he shouldn't cause any kind of chilul, and we're talking about the child. So we're connecting the two concepts, the child and himself. Just like he himself, his daughter is going to be problematic, is going to ruin her lineage, so to his son's daughter is going to, the, the lineage is going to be ruined. So why don't we say that the daughter of his daughter is also forbidden? So the more is the Gzira Shava, which we connected to the concept of Tumah help us for. So it must be that the concept of Tumah is connecting us to tell you that it's only in regards to the sons that they're going to produce more halal and they're going to produce more children with problematic lineage. However, the daughters already, their children are going to be able to be kosher. The Gemara continues, We said if a halal marries a Jewish woman, so their child is going to be a puzzle. The Gemara asks that we already said this in the first part of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says the same exact thing twice. The daughter of a, of a male chalom is going to be possible, not allowed to marry kahuna, uh, marry kohen, la'olam forever. So when answer So since we, in the middle, we interjected this case where you have Yisrael, a regular Jew, who marries a woman who's a chalom, so we say the flip side version of the case, which is really the same as the first case, but nevertheless, we say it anyway. The Gemara says that our Mishnah is not like a B'distob in Yehuda, the Tani, we don't know the price, or B'distob in Yehuda, Aymer, it's just like uh, regular Jewish boys are going to be a uh, mikvah purifying women who are halalim. So to Jewish girls can also be metar, they can purify the impurity, the problematic lineage of a halal. So our mission is not like that. My time is to study Rabbi Yehuda. What's the reasoning of Rabbi Yehuda? Because the verse says, You shall not cause a chil, a loss of holiness to one's child by a coin. Only if we're talking about, so the verse says, Amov. It could have said, Amemov, which would have implied we're talking about more than one different type of group. From the fact that we say that we're talking about one type of group, only by one type of group do we have any kind of chil. However, we're talking about two different types, meaning of a chalol and a regular Jewish woman, or a chalala and a regular Jewish man, so it's not going to create any kind of chalol. That's Rabbi Dostoy ben Yehuda's shita. Now the Gemara continues. He's not allowed to cause any kind of lack of holiness in his children, the Kohen. 
We only know his children. He asked for me, and how do we know that the woman herself becomes a chalala, that she's not allowed to marry a kohen? So we have actually a logical derivation. If we find in regards to the children that they haven't done any kind, they haven't committed any sin, nevertheless they become, uh, they lose their holiness. She, the woman herself who did a sin, she caused this kohen to marry her, so certainly she's going to lose her holiness. Someone says, wait, who asked the, the kohen himself will prove that uh, he himself has done some kind of avera, he's transgressed, he doesn't lose his holiness. So the Gemara says, no, you can't prove anything from him. Because in regards to a Kohen, he never can lose his holiness. Because she can lose her holiness very easily. For example, meaning she won't be able to marry a Kohen if she's a Zona, if she, there's all kinds of different things that she can do if she, if she becomes a Grusha, if she gets divorced, etc. So therefore, she can also lose it in this case as well. And if you want, we can say as follows. The verse says, and we read it, we can read it also, that it shall not cause any kind of what's that imply? It implies that we're talking about a case where there was somebody who was previously kosher and became a chal. She was originally allowed to marry a kohen, but then now by this act of creating this chal, so now she's no longer able to, to marry a kohen as opposed to the, the kid himself who's going to be born unable to, to be metyaches, to have any kind of connection to Kohanim. Mayim nafshachlemer, why do we need to say the second version, the second understanding from the verse? If you want to say that, you could ask the question, you can't prove anything from the from the child because it was formed in in a, with a transgression. That's why it's going to be, there's going to be a chilul. So that's why we bring this this other pasuk that shows you that you can read it also that it can't cause a chilul to someone. This is referring to somebody who was originally kosher and she became a chalul. That's a, a woman who was originally fine and now via this act, so now she becomes forbidden from marrying a kohen. Important to note that we're talking about here, Rashi explains earlier, that we're talking about a case where this woman was an almana, she was a widow. So now she theoretically would be allowed to go back to her father's house and eat truma, she, if her father was a Kohen. However, so what we're talking about here is where she went and she had relations with a Kohen girl, with a high priest, and therefore she loses her holiness. And now she's not going to be able to go back to her father's house. That's the discussion here, that's what we're talking about. The Gemara continues. What's called a chalala? Called Anyone who was born from people who have problematic lineage. My psulim. What does it mean? Problematic lineage in this case. If it means someone who's problematic to the husband, we find in regards to a case where there's a regular Jewish man who marries a woman who was divorced from him and married to someone else in between. Dipsulalo, that what's, what's the halacha in regards to such a person? He's not allowed to remarry her. She's considered puzzle to him. She's forbidden from marrying him. But the children are not considered mamzerim, because the verse says, it's considered an abomination. So only she, meaning the, the, the act or marrying this woman, that's considered an abomination. But the children are not an abomination, meaning they're not mamzerim. So don't tell me that they're even, they're not even called a halala. They're not called anything. Amar Vihuda, Amar. So Rav Yehuda says this is what we mean. What's considered a chalala? Anyone that was born from a problematic lineage in regards to kahuna, a priest. That sounds only because you were born from it, but not if it wasn't born from it. What about a woman who is a widow, or a woman who is divorced, or a woman who is a 
prostitute who had relations or married a Kohen. She becomes forbidden from marrying a Kohen afterwards, after their relations. So how can you tell me that that's the only definition of a Chalala, Marabba? So Rabbi says, this is what we mean. What's the explicit Chalala that's written in the Torah? They never had a moment where the person was kosher allowed to marry a Kohen. This is talking about someone who is born from some kind of problematic lineage from from a Kohen. My most cares, what does it mean? It's explicit. I'm Rabbi Yitzchak Bar-Avin, Rabbi Yitzchak Bar-Avin. says, Hachikam, this is what we mean. Ezehi chalala she'ikra midevrei Torah, which is the case of a chalala, whose root is in the words of the Torah, vein tzrichem lefarsh midevrei seifim, and do not need any kind of explanation from the rabbis. Kol shenadamim sulei like we said before, anyone who's born from a problematic lineage in regards to the, uh, a Kohen. Tan Rabban, we learned in Rabbi Yitzchak, almana, almana, almana. If let's say we have an almana after an almana after an almana, we'll see what this means very soon. So there's only one chiv, the Kohen is only transgressed one time. We'll see what that means very soon. Grusha, grusha, grusha. Again, when you have a triple grusha, we'll see what this means also. So there's only one time that there's a transgression. Almana grusha chalala zaina. Let's say there's four different shemos, there's four different names. You've got that she's a widow, she's a divorcee, she's a chalala, she's a zona. When the names come on them in a certain order, so then there's a transgression. I'll call achas, achas, in every one of the different names. Let's say first she became a zona, then she became a chalala, then she became a divorcee, then she became a widow. So then a Kohen who has relations with this woman or marries this woman, so there's only one transgression. Amar Mar. Mar says, Almana, 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 Inachayvelaachas. Where we said that there's a case where she became a widow three times, what's the case? What's the case? If it means that the Kohen first had relations with a widow of Ruvain, and then a widow of Shimon, and then a widow of a third guy, Levi, so why would there only be one single transgression? So the Gemara says on Ayn Zayin page 77b, we have separate bodies, they have separate names. So what are you going to say? That he had three different times he had relations with one widow. What's the case? If they had not warned him, obviously, he's only going to have one transgression. So it must be a case where he, in fact, had been warned before. For each and every one. So then why would there only be one transgression? A Nazir who's forbidden for him to drink wine. If he was drinking wine all day long, there's only one transgression. If let's say each time he's drinking, they said to him, don't drink, don't drink. And nevertheless, he's drinking. So there's a transgression for every single time. So it should be the same thing over here. So Gemara says, No, rather we need it for the following. That he had relations with a woman who is the widow of Ruvain, who is also the widow of Shimon, and the widow of Levi. So this woman had become widowed from three different people. You might have thought that there are three different separate names of widow. She got a widow, she became widowed from each of these different three people. So maybe therefore we would say that in fact that she should be considered three widows in a certain sense, and therefore he should have three three transgressions. Gemara answers, so that's why we're coming to say no. You need to have three separate bodies in order for there to be three separate transgressions. And we don't have it. The Gemara continues, Almana Ugrusha Zaina. 
we said if we're talking about a woman who's a widow and then she became divorced and then she became a charlala, then she became a zona. What is our this breast? What does it hold? If he holds that you can have one forbidden nature coming on and again, even though you have multiple forbidden natures, you can have them all be extant at the same time. If chanami, so then it shouldn't matter the order. Shouldn't have to first be in this order. And if it's because he holds ain't iser halal iser that there's no forbidden nature. That can take effect at the same time that there already is a forbidden nature. I feel like you say that it shouldn't matter even if you did it in this order. So Amar Rava, Rava says, Hi Tana, this Tana is Sir Leslie. He does not hold that you can have one forbidden nature take effect once you already have a forbidden nature. Isr Moisif Islay, but he holds you can create a further Yisur, meaning, we'll see what that means. Almona Asur Lakayan Gadol. Vishari Lakayan Hedit. A woman who's a widow, she's only forbidden to marry a Kohen Gadol, a high priest, but she's permitted to marry a regular Kohen. Havila Grusha. So, what happens when she becomes a divorcee? Migudi Taisif Laisur Lagabi Kayan Hedit. Once she already has a new Isser, a new forbidden nature in regards to another Kohen. So, Yitaisif Laisur Lagabi Kayan Gadol. So, she's also going to become, she's going to have a second forbidden nature in regards to a high priest. So at this point, she's still permitted to go back if she's a Bas Kohen, she's still allowed to go back and eat from the truma of her father's house. If she became a Chalala, since an Isser was added onto her, now she's forbidden to eat any kind of truma. So there's also a third Isser that comes upon her. She has a shame Chalala. So it does affect her, the fact that she's now called a Chalala. She can't eat truma. So that shame Chalala also helps her, or uh, works to her disadvantage in regards to the fact that a Kohen Gadol, who a high priest has relations with her, is also going to have a third Isser. Elazina, my Isser, my Sifispa. Question is though, how do you have a, an added Isser, an added prohibition that comes on because of Azona? Amar of Chana Barav Katina. So Chana Barav Katina says like this, Since if she would be married and she had Znus, she had relations with someone she was forbidden from, so that would mess her up in regards to a regular Jew, her husband would have to, re- to divorce her, so therefore it's considered that she had now has a new name when she goes and has Znus, she has a new name that adds on a fourth layer of prohibition for a Kohen Gadol. Tanik Tana Kameder of Sheshis. They learn the following verse in front of Rav Sheshis. Koshu biyikach, harehu biloyikach. Anyone who is included in the verse taking is included in the verse not taking. Kol she'ena biyikach, e'ena biloyikach. Whoever is not in the verse of taking is not included in the verse of not taking. What does this mean? We're going to see. Pratla kohen gadol shabala choyisei almana. This would come to exclude if somebody who is a high priest would have a, have relations, illicit relations with his, his sister, who his sister happens to be a widow. So since he can't have relations with her, he's not allowed to marry her because it's his sister. So therefore, despite the fact that she's now a widow, it hasn't created any kind of halalus. He hasn't made her forbidden to marry now a regular coin. Amar Leis, we said to him, the Amar Lachmani. Who is this that you're saying? But like whom is it? Rabshimin, it's Rabshimin, the Amar, Enes Achalalisa, who holds that you can't have one forbidden thing, uh, taking effect after one forbidden thing has already taken effect. The time we learned in a Bryce, Rabshimin, I mean, Rabshimin says, Ha'ichel Nevela, Biamakipur, and Potter. If someone eats a dead carcass, which is forbidden any day, but he happens to do it on Yom Kippur, on the, on the, on the day where you're not allowed to eat at all, so you're not, you haven't transgressed the, the transgression on Yom Kippur, because you already have an Isser. Do you, 
upon him because if it would be the rabbis, I mean, they say, so they hold you can have one transgression, you can have one prohibition taking effect even once there already is a previous prohibition. So that's why over here as well, when a Kohen Gadol high priest has relations with his sister who is a widow, so that's why we're saying over here, according to the rabbis, it wouldn't be the same halach. According to the rabbis, you could have one prohibition being chal on another prohibition. Once she's already forbidden, so she can be forbidden again, and therefore she would indeed become a chalala. She would be indeed uh, no longer permitted to marry another Kohen. So the Gemara says, Afilu Tamer Rabbanan, the truth is that you could even say that this is indeed the rabbis. Ki Amri Rabbanan, when did the rabbis say, Isr Chalal Isr, that you can have one prohibition taking effect when we have a previous prohibition? Hani Mili Isr Chamar Al Isr Kal. That's where you have a more stringent prohibition taking effect in a place where there was only a more lenient prohibition. Of Al Isr Kal, Al Isr Chamar. However, if you're talking about a lighter prohibition taking effect once you already have a stronger prohibition, Lechayel. So even they will be masking the agree that it will not take effect. And that's why over here, since we already have a tro- uh, prohibition from to marry his sister, so the lower prohibition, which is the love of marrying an almana of a widow, so that will not take effect. It could amri that those who say that there was a slightly different version of what happened when this brisa was said in front of Rav Sheshes. They said like this: Hamani Rabbanu. Actually, this brisa is the rabbis, the amri iser chalal iser, that one forbidden, one prohibition can take effect even though there's a previous prohibition. When did the rabbis say that? Hani mile iser chamar iser kal. It's only when we're talking about a, a greater prohibition that's taking effect when you already have some kind of lighter prohibition. Aval iser kal iser chamar. We're talking about a lighter prohibition taking effect when you already have a more stringent prohibition. Loichal that will not take effect. Dear Reb Shimon, and it can't be this price as Reb Shimon, Hashda Isr Chamar Isr Kal Lechayel, Isr Kal Isr Chamar Mibaya. So, according to Reb Shimon, so you can't have a, even a, a stronger prohibition taking effect once you already have a lighter prohibition. So over here, how could this price be Reb Shimon? We wouldn't need a Pasuk, a verse to teach us that nothing is taking place. He already holds that nothing takes place ever. The more answer is no. You might have thought differently. Mount with him, you would have thought Isr Kahuna Shani. In regards to the forbidden nature of a coin, it's different. Kamash Malan, that's what's coming to teach us. That's why we need a verse. And basically, the reason that you would think that explains Rashi is because a coin, a priest, has many different things that are different than a regular Jew. He has Yisumi, he has different prohibitions, so therefore you might say that in regards to him, a prohibition can be chal. His prohibition can take place, it can take effect, even though there already is a different prohibition. That's why we need this verse. The Gemara continues. If a Jew has relations with his sister, so it's obvious that he makes her into a zona because she's considered somebody who has had relations with someone who's forbidden. Does he make her into someone who's considered halal at the same time or not? Do we say a logical derivation from a case of where there's some kind of prohibition that's been transgressed? So in such a case, the, child, the woman is considered halal. Culture cancer, certainly where there's, a, there's a, an obligation of spiritual excision, which is much more stringent. Dilma, or perhaps, perhaps you can only create a woman to become a chalala only from a case where there's some kind of relations that, that occur from a forbidden relationship with a priest. So he answered, You can only have a chalala that comes from a prohibition in regards to a kohen, a priest who has relations with a woman. Rav says, Where do we know this concept that the rabbis say, that a chalala can only come about because of having relations with a kohen, a priest. The time we learned that the Torah didn't have to write the fact that a divorcee is forbidden from marrying a, a high priest. And we could have learned it out from a regular kohen because we see that a regular kohen is already forbidden. And I would say like this, 
when we find that it's true in regards to a regular Kohen, Asura, it's forbidden for him to marry a divorcee, the Kohen Gadol, Mibaya, is it necessary for us to say it in regards to a high priest? Certainly. Lama Nemra, so why does that say it? What it's coming to teach us is that just like there's, there's something different, there's a different Isser, if we're talking about a regular Kohen marrying a Grusha or a Zona or a Chalala, so too in regards to the Kohen Gadol, a high priest is also a separate Isser. The Gemara says, wait, Pshita, that's obvious. Should be any any worse? But rather say like this: just like we find there's a different issa for each of these different things in regards to a regular coin. So too, even though we didn't specify that in regards to a widow, the verse doesn't say it explicitly. But also by a high priest, there's a separate issa, a separate transgression that occurs when a coin gadol has relations with a woman who is a widow. So now the Gemara says, Nemra. Why was it necessary to say the, the concept of Chalala, that there's a forbidden nature for a high priest that relations with a Chalala? We already know that from a coin Hediot. So the Gemara says, This is coming to teach us from the fact that this is an extra verse. It's coming to teach us that the only way to get a Chalala is only from a forbidden relationship with a Kohen. Zona Lama Nemra. Why did I have to say again the forbidden nature of a Zona in regards to a high priest? Because it says over here, Zona, it, has, it says elsewhere, Zona. Just like over here, so the child is going to be considered that they're not considered a Kohen anymore, so too over there, meaning elsewhere by regular Kohen Hedya, we learn that from Kohen Gadol, where it says it explicitly, to where it doesn't say it explicitly in regards to a Kohen Hedya or a regular Kohen. Ravashi, Ravashi says, Therefore, if you have a priest that has relations with his sister, So it only makes her into a Zona, but not into a Chalala. However, if he has relations with her again, so then he had relations with a Zona, and therefore now she's going to become a Chalala as well. So it's interesting because we see over here that one act cannot create her into both a Zona and a Chalala, it has to be done with two separate acts.